You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your home, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversation with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. And today I am delighted to have Simone Davey back with us because as you might have noticed in the first episode that we did, um, we didn't really finish our conversation. There were quite a few more uh, tips that Simone wanted to share. So I've invited her back for us to just finish this conversation. I'm not going to go through the whole introduction and all of this because it's all on episode one. So go back to episode one. I will put the link in the show notes if you want to learn more about Simone's uh, amazing work and our friendship and so forth. But today, I just want to jump right into this conversation and really follow the um, 10 ways we can show respect to our child. So in the first episode, we did cover the first four that we're just going to quickly review, and then we will get into the last six. So Simone, welcome back. Thanks for making the time to return to the Art of Parenting. Fun as always. I can't wait. All righty. So Simone, um, would you mind just doing a quick little review of the first four that we did talk about in that first episode before we jump into the rest? Yeah. So we talked about how Montessori is such a respectful way to be with children. And these were 10 ideas of how you could do these at home. Um, and the first one was using soft hands when we're ever having to handle our child. Um, we're picking them up from a baby. We're telling them that we're going to pick them up. And then if you're carrying a screaming child out of a playground or a supermarket upset, then you're also lifting up with your gentle hands. And this also just reminds us to be calm. So I love using soft hands. The second one was listening to our child because sometimes we're trying to do three things at once and actually if we stop, get down to their level, really listen and not just listening with our ears but with our, their whole, like to see what their whole body is saying. So we're actually also using our eyes and all of our, our senses to really listen to what they're wanting to say. Um, the third one was using kind words. Um, this was all about even if you're setting a limit, there's still kind ways that you can speak with your child instead of this very top-down, old-fashioned approach. If you do this, then that. And um, some people say, um, like, well, that sounds like, um, for example, I might put a ball away if a child is throwing it inside. And I say, yeah, you could put a ball away and say, if you throw it again, then I'm throwing taking it away and you threaten it like this. But actually using kind words would just be, setting a limit very calmly, which is like, oh, the ball is for outside and you still want to throw it. I'm going to put the ball up here and we'll try it again later. So it's just being kind and calm and clear with our limit setting and in daily life with our children. And the yes. very last one I think we talked about was um, accepting them 
for who they are, you know, and looking at observation and really reminding ourselves to see um, who they are when they wake up from their nap and when they wake up in the morning and when they walk in the room because they keep changing and to really accept them rather than us having a preconceived idea of what we think they should be doing or of maybe even for their future, what we want them to achieve. Right. And I think that is actually the quote that I pulled from the first episode was about seeing our child as, you know, a new child every day, every hour, every minute. And I just love that because it's so true. They are, they are evolving every minute of the day. So if we can keep that um, acceptance and that, uh, you know, really seeing them as the new child as they are evolving, helps us a great deal. Yeah, fresh eyes. Yes. And and the other thing that I did want to uh, also emphasize when you say uh, the listening to the child, there's been, I've been reading a lot about this whole, you know, how we are in this multitasking uh, phenomenon now with our, our phones and our computers and, and, and this and that, and we try to do, and, or, or even without those, just wanting to do several things at once. And that really taking the time to just listen really helps us also kind of slow down and not be in this multitasking mode all the time. So I think that is very helpful to us as well. Yeah, definitely. So, Simone, um, you had some more of these wonderful tips on how to show respect to our child. Uh, What would be the fifth one that you wanted to share with us? Well, let's talk about the good old good job. (laughs) Oh, yes. Good job. (laughs) So some people may know that Montessori teachers don't like this phrase, good job, because we feel like it's empty praise. It's not really telling the child what we value. Um, It's making the child look to us for extrinsic motivation. Like, oh, if I keep saying good job, then that will motivate them to do it again. Um, Instead of actually what we prefer in Montessori approach is to explain to the child what we've seen them do and give them feedback so that they build their intrinsic motivation um, what they actually achieve. So for example, a baby who's learning to walk across the room, instead of like, good job, you're walking and clapping our hands and cheering like this, it would be, you look so excited. You walked across the room by yourself. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I just want to, you know, add that I think we all feel the need to say good job because we are excited for them. And so it's, it's, you know, it's just being aware just like of what you say, that empty praise, like to really be able to still be in that excitement, but for them, you know, and, and, and that is the beauty of it. They're, they're not waiting for us to, uh, they're not doing things for us. They're really doing things for, for themselves and to be able to master skills. I think what's also really fun is one parent was telling me that they've never actually done the good job or clapping their child, but the child naturally claps themselves Mm. because they're so excited. And so it goes to show like you can just say, oh, you're really pleased with yourself. You're really happy um, right now, as opposed to good job, good job, you know, or we need to clap along. Um, And we can be excited. Just like I always think, what would you say to an adult in this moment if they'd worked hard for a job that they got, you'd say, oh, congratulations, you worked really hard for that. And now you got the job that you really wanted. Um, so you're always talking about the process and the effort that they've put in, um, which is also really important because sometimes they actually don't master it or have success, but you can talk about the encouragement of the process, the way that they're learning. So 
I love the, this description. You can also sum it up with a word like now. That's what I call being independent. And if you listen to the language, it's so rich as opposed to good job, where it's not really specific about what they achieved in any case. Yes, perfect. Very good one. So let's drop the good job. <laughs> and what, what would be another one? I'll just oh, let... Before we move on from yes, that, yes. Um, there's also, you, maybe you could put in the show notes, the link to the Alfie Cohen article about five reasons to stop saying good job. Oh, um, yes. Okay. It's a, a really useful article. Um, I'm not sure if you have the link, um, but it's about actually how we, it's actually a demotivator because it ends up um, that children become deaf to it. Um, it's not, they don't really feel like it's their work that's being valued. Someone else is like enjoying it too much. Um, and yeah, so the, you can have a look at the five reasons why Alfie Cohen has about using. Yeah. And, and for me, I always also go back to, you know, the kind of the long-term effects and that for me, it just kind of creates this children who are, you know, kind of approval junkies, like they're, they're, they're going to do things just to hear a good job when that's really not what we want long term, we want to just be intrinsically motivated and to just be content with what we do for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. That's one of his is mm -hmm, the approval junkie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pitfall. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All righty. So there is one that uh, you say allow time. So what, what is that really, allowing time? Yeah, I find this so important when we're thinking about respect for the child because we're expecting them to rush along at the adult-sized pace of the world today, which is very fast and so many things going on. And really children, they move slowly, they stop and they examine everything along their way. Um, they need time to move as from baby right through to toddler and beyond. Um, they need time for conversation for us to stop and be taking the time to listen, pause, give them time to respond, give them rich language um, and have that conversation. And, you know, just to allow time to walk maybe without any purpose at all because a child, Dr. Montessori said, can walk for hours at their own pace. Um, and so I think it's a really a beautiful thing to sometimes, of course, sometimes we need to get to the shops and sometimes we need to get to the bus stop and sometimes we can just let the child lead and go for a two hour walk. And when they get tired, you can sit down and then when they're ready, we can keep going again. Right. And it's such a beautiful way again, you know, for just us to slow down and to really be in that present moment. I think there are such great teachers of that. So beautiful. Yeah, because we're rushing through things. I love that when children point out that there's an aeroplane overhead because I'm so busy with lists in my head, you know, and they point <laughs> up to the sky. They want to make sure they follow it in the sky until they can't see it anymore. And then they're ready to move on. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. And then there's one that I see here that says avoid baby talk. What, mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I know what you mean, but please <laughs> explain <laughs> it to our listeners because we, we do tend to want to talk like our babies, but you say avoid baby talk. Yeah, it goes back to this idea is that children can take in such rich language. And when we talk to them like, oh, hello, little boy and girl, how are you doing today? It's very patronizing. It's not a respectful tone. And that was one of the first things I noticed when I walked into a Montessori classroom was how the Montessori teachers spoke with myself and my children. It was the same to both of us. They were interested in what the children had to say. They didn't use like silly language. They took what the child was saying seriously. And we even talked about in the first episode that we chatted together about 
you know, that even a baby who's saying ga ga ga, you know, we can repeat back ga ga ga. That's not baby talk. That's not like guga ga ga, like literally trying to cheer them up like that is different than just making the sound back to them in a conversation way. But avoiding this really what I would think is a more disrespectful tone when we're speaking with these young people. Mm-hmm. And for me, when, when, when I say about baby talk, it's also kind of that's their talk. So for example, when they ask for water, if they go, you know, wawa, 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 to, to repeat back to them what you understand from that is saying, oh, are you saying you're wanting water? So you're giving them the proper vocabulary. You're not answering back with, oh, you want some wawa? Because then that's the only vocabulary that they, that they will have. So it's really also about helping them develop that beautiful vocabulary that we have in each of our languages. Yeah, it's such a beautiful way to support them to actually mm-hmm. use what they've said, but in the, a proper way or in other sentences um, as you fed back to them and then they will start to adjust. And it's hard because I think some parents find that language kind of cute. Or they say, I love Lou. So I now mm-hmm. I want to say, I love Lou back. Um, and, you know, you'll have to get over that eventually and move on to, yeah, repeating that. Just, just, keep, just keep some notes on, on all those beautiful words so you remember them or record them. But, but yes, don't, don't use it as your language for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, so true. And, and what would be another way to show respect to our children? Well, one thing I think that the traditional way of parenting is, is that children need to be entertained all the time and we need to have games for them. And if we're cooking dinner, then they need to sit in front of the TV. So they're entertained. And actually a Montessori approach is to include them in our daily life. And this actually shows the child that we respect them. They're part of the family and we all contribute to the family and they really like contributing. You know, they love doing things alongside us. I've never seen so many avid cleaners as in my classroom of two year olds who want to help when there's a spill they go over and they get the mop and wipe it up um and so they they're always age appropriate of course um the way that we get them involved but they love setting the table they love helping us put the washing on and sorting socks and sometimes these processes take longer so it definitely does mean that allow time or if you're really busy or feeling tired maybe that's not the day to start but on the weekend like people always say how you possibly can get a child to help you cook well try on the weekend when you've got more time and they can start washing some of the vegetables and then they can start to chop some of the vegetables and then they can start to you know help you add more and more ingredients to whatever you're cooking and i love baking with children as well and including in preparing for visitors like oh grandma's coming to visit what do we need and maybe arranging some flowers and they love to be involved or if you're going to the supermarket to make a little shopping list maybe from pictures that they can hold and they feel involved as opposed to these are adult jobs and this is kind of child's work they want to be involved in all of it Definitely. And, and for me, there's two things. It's involve them when they are eager, because it's at this young age when they're, they're just wanting to do everything that they've watched us do. And then the other thing to me is just changing our expectations. Like they're not going to, you know, make the perfect omelet from the first try, like lower your expectations. There might be some eggshells in it and that's okay because again, it's about the, the process and not the actual product. 
Yeah, and it's an investment as well. So it might take you longer now to show them how to do these things. But as you and I know, because we now have te teenagers, um, that they can cook for themselves. Um, my daughter cooks on Wednesday nights when I come back later. Um, so these practical skills are also really useful. I never have to nag them about dirty clothes because they know that I put on a load of washing for my class every day. So if they want it to be in that load, it just needs to be in the laundry basket. And so... Yeah, I maybe just remind them, say, I have a thing to sport clothes for Saturday. Do you need them? And they'll quickly bring them down. Right, right. No, beautiful. And it's true. It's again, it's it's about the long term, right? We're we're setting them up for success down the road. So beautiful. And then we have um there is, where are we? Look at them in the eye. Oh no, this is we we talked about this one on the first episode. Mm -hmm. what, which other ones did you have? We had to include them in daily life. Find ways to work with them. Indeed, yes. Working yes. with them is a big part of, for me, the Montessori approach. Mm -hmm. um, because usually um, it's, uh, again, like this, usually bribes, rewards, punishments. These are the ways that we get cooperation with children. And instead, my idea for being respectful is let's find ways to work with them. So we need to leave the park and they want to have another turn on the swing. You know, how can we work with them to leave the playground in a graceful way? And it's simple things like giving them five minutes. Would you like to choose the last thing that we're going to play on? Would you like to help me carry these really heavy bags to the, to the car? Or, um, you know, actually saying, I need to cook and you want to play at the park. Mm, what are we going to do? And then they might be, I'll help you cook. Or um, they'll, let's get pizza. They might come up with some crazy creative ideas. But it's always finding ways to work with them as much as possible so that we have to, we can limit as much as possible doing something to them. Because when we use, again, extrinsic motivations like bribes and rewards, the prizes are going to have to, have to get bigger and bigger. For now, it might be an ice cream after you know, dessert as dessert, but as they get bigger, they're going to want more and more and you're just not going to be able to keep up with this. Um, it's not, you know, actually coming from themselves and them wanting to help and be a part of the family. Yeah. And I love this one because it really also helps them be solution, you know, solution oriented that they can uh, find the solutions is, you know, how are we going to leave the park? You want to play and I need to cook dinner. So how are we going to do this together? It's, it's collaborative work, right? Parenting is where we're collaborating with this other human. Mm -hmm. so that's and I love avoiding one. that phrase, like we have to leave the park. Right. It's just nice to say, this is what I need and this is what you need. And how can we both have our needs met kind of thing? And exactly. Way of working with our families as they get bigger as well. Um, I wrote an article recently about my teenagers and it's like they want to go to a concert and it's my job to keep them safe and how can we both have those needs met and then you come up with some creative solutions or you come to the point where you say I can't find a way to keep you safe so on this occasion I'm going to have to say no. Right, right. And then this last one, which to me is a beautiful way to kind of wrap this up is let them see how capable they are. Yeah, aren't these children just more capable than you ever imagined? Amazing. They are. They really are. So I guess I work with toddlers a lot. So that's from 16 months to three, four years. And I would never have thought that such young children could do so much for themselves. And now one of my favorite parts of the class is when they peel a banana skin and they take it to the bin and then they come back and peel some more banana skin and they take it to the bin 
and then they peel some more banana skin and then they take it to the bin and then they get their knife and they slice it piece by piece and put it into the bowl and then they share it with their friends later. Um, it's such a simple banana cutting activity, but they're so happy with how they can do this. Um, then we do um, orange juicing and we do so many things, but the way, the reason it can be so successful is that we set it up for success. I have things that are child size implements. I have things that they can practice and master. And we also have a lot of patience that we're going to have to repeat it. The, the banana pieces aren't going to be perfectly evenly sliced. They might be a bit mashed. Um, and so again, it's the process that they're learning, not always the product. Yes. And to me, it's, I mean, not only that it's important that they know how capable they are, but really that we step out of the way and that we help parents realize how capable their children are. I feel that we, you know, we want to, to simplify everything for them. And yet children are so eager to do the more difficult tasks and just want that and need that to be able to feel confident, to know that they can trust themselves and how capable they are. So that is beautiful. Thank yeah, you. For they that. know we're also there to support them if they get stuck. So there's that fine line between just being around so that we can step in when they need help, where they guide, we're not abandoning saying you have to do it all yourself, but we we set things up, we keep an eye on it, we step in when they need help and then we step back to let them go further. Right. Right. Well, this has been beautiful and I really appreciate you coming back and just being able to conclude this conversation because I think this was important for parents and I know that I got a lot of very positive feedback on the first episode with the first four ones. So um, I'm glad we were able to finish this up. And on um, just as we wrap up, are there any kind of closing words or just a takeaway that you want our listeners to remember today? Um, I think today I feel like I want to give the parents encouragement that they can do this. Um, it does take a lot of patience. So it does mean looking after yourself. And I know Jean-Marie always talks about the self-care and, but it's really true that we need to look after ourselves um, so that we fill up our cup and don't always look to our child to fill up our cup because if we invest too much on that and they're having a bad day, then you'll feel that your cup's not full. So make sure that you love maybe your work, your partner, your friends, your yoga, your meditation, your gardening, your walking, whatever fills up your cup so that then you can be this respectful parent that we're striving to be. Beautiful. Thank you, Simone. This has been delightful and uh, I'm sure we will have you back on the Art of Parenting soon. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Marie. Have I got something special for you today? Imagine how amazing it would be to get delivered right to your doorstep exactly what you need for your child's natural development. Created by my dear friend Zara Kassam, a certified Montessori teacher, Monty Kids provides a subscription-based, comprehensive, and authentic Montessori toy curriculum. I've personally set up homes and schools with Monty Kids toys, and I can assure you that they are of the highest quality and made with lots of care and love for each child that gets to play with them. With your subscription, you also get short video tutorials and guides to learn how and when to properly present the toys to your child. You even have access to personalized support, classes, and a private community moderated by internationally certified Montessori educators. 
There are eight levels from birth to 36 months. That's three years of engaging, intelligent, and purposeful activities you don't need to worry about. And the best part is you can join at any time. Because we now know how important it is to start early, Monty Kids was created with the mission of helping you support your baby during the most critical years of development. Research shows that early brain development lays the foundation for all future learning and behavior. So don't delay. Check out Monty Kids on my favorite products page to learn more and get started today. I've also placed a direct link for you in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time. Ha, 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 